Hey, this is uh, looking like episode five, I believe. Um, on my way to work on Thursday morning, very cold Thursday morning. So this is uh, the 2019 winter storm, super cold weather situation. So where I live in Kentucky, it's not that cold. It's 13 degrees, pretty cold for us, but uh, this is the time where in Chicago and Minneapolis and some other places in the in the northern Midwest, they're looking at negative 20 degrees um, temperatures and as low as negative 50 degree wind chills. Um, so just as a reference for when this has been recorded and, and uh, what's going on right now that's uh, that's the talk of the town right now is, is just how cold it is and um, uh, we are lucky to be on the very southern edge of this uh, situation but even just up in Cincinnati I believe it's in the negatives I think it's zero or, or right below zero wind chills in the you know, negative 10 area so um, very cold situation going on. I think tomorrow, what's crazy is tomorrow, I think it's supposed to go, uh, back up pretty drastically. Like today, the high is like negative 15 and by tomorrow, the high is 40. Um, so pretty crazy how big of a shift that's going to be. Um, and along with all this super cold temperatures, there's not even very much snow. It's just it's just super super cold. Um, so it just sucks to be outside. But that's just for reference. I'm not outside. I'm not in the cold. I am driving to work. So um, last night was pretty cool. I, uh, I published episode four, which was just a, a list of ideas of things I could talk about. Um, <clears throat> and then I shared it with a couple people that hadn't seen it yet and, uh, immediately got some good feedback, uh, which I really very much appreciate. Um, and, uh, and somebody, um, you know, volunteered or requested to, uh, actually be a part of the podcast and, and call in and, um, talk to me, uh, for one of the episodes. So this episode is not going to be with anybody. Um, I'll probably talk a little bit this morning about, um, about the time, time frame and 2000, 2011, 2012 time frame in my life, what was going on, things that happened, um, because I got feedback that that was, uh, you know, they wanted me to continue on from episode two, which is where I talked about somewhere around 08 to 2010, um, but, uh, they also said that they would uh, they would like to hear more uh, about my deployment 
um, which I'm not completely surprised by. Um, I think I think there's a, a lot of people are curious about what it's like, and um, you know people don't talk about it very much. So I'll see if I can uh, find time and and energy and uh, I don't know the focus to to really dive into that sometime soon but so for this episode I'll probably continue a little bit of that uh, 2011 2012 time frame but um, yeah today after work which should be episode six I'm gonna have another guest we're gonna do another double car cast both on our way home from work. Um, I hope that we can maintain a better connection and, um, you know, hold the conversation for longer stretches of time and, and uh, not fight technology as much, but um, it should be an interesting one. Um, so that's going to be me talking to uh, a fellow... Um, software engineer, programmer, um, who's actually moved out of really writing code, as far as I understand, um, and into project management, um, and we've both, uh, traveled for work in the past, so in my, in my past, um, you know, job experiences, I've gone to trade shows and tried to sell software, and in his past, he has uh, traveled to clients and installed software. Um, so he's he's still traveling quite a bit for work, but he's actually not doing the installations anymore. He's he's a project manager now, so he's more coordinating, I, I believe. But that's what we're going to get into in the conversation. So if you're interested in what it's like to travel for work, uh, interesting stories about where people have gone, what people have done, what kind of clients they've worked with, um, experiences of trade shows or working with clients directly in, in their facilities, um, you might enjoy this episode. I, I think it'll be pretty interesting. I'm really curious about what he's done and, and his kind of stories. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. So... That's what to expect out of episode six. As for episode five, I'm going to jump into my 2010 through 2012 time frame here in a second. Thank you. So episode two ended um, with me explaining how I stumbled into um, my first job as a programmer at that small startup. I had just gotten out of the army. I um, I really felt like that moment in the you know summer fall of 2010. Um, being now a member of the Army Reserves, 
and a um, you know developer on a, in a on a small startup team. Um, I really thought that this was this was the beginning of my you know real meaningful adulthood, and uh, and I was right. So um, <clears throat> what happened was uh, come October, October, November time frame, um, I was probably sitting in my parents' you know bedroom, upstairs bedroom, extra bedroom that they had in their house that I was living in for a short time until I could find an apartment or a roommate. Because even though I was working at the at a software company as a developer, I, it was a startup. I was entry level, had no experience in education. I was making like ten dollars an hour. Uh, I thought it was bank. I thought I was on top of the world, but um, yeah, I was naive. But anyway, I um, was living at my parents' house for a short time, and uh, I remember being on Facebook here and there, and um, commenting on some stuff, and, and seeing some comments from um, a a cousin of a my best friend from my, my entire life um, his cousin who I had known since we were probably 11 or 12 years old and we had uh, you know had interest in each other previously as as we were growing up um, I saw her commenting on some stuff on Facebook and we were commenting back and forth a couple of times on, on something um, and then I, she asked me to uh, be friends on Facebook. Asked to be my friend and on on Facebook, and uh, you know I was excited and nervous and um, a little bit confused. Um, not because she was, you know, um, real for a lot of reasons. Because last I knew, she was married. Um, I didn't know anything about her marriage other than the fact that it existed. <clears throat> um, she, uh, we had always had interest in each other. We had kissed multiple times and, and snuck around a little bit. Um, never done a whole lot, you know, of stuff together other than kissing each other. But there was always this, uh, this like, uh, nervous, flirtatious tension um, and it was always like trying to be secretive behind my best friend's back because they were cousins and I didn't want to start a fight or anything with him. So <clears throat> anyway, all of a sudden she asked me my friend on Facebook and I'm like, this is kind of awesome, but also kind of awkward and scary because um, she was married. But what happened was she... Uh, um, reached out. We started small talk, um, but she she explained to me that she was um, leaving her husband. Her husband was um, not a good guy, abusive, physically, emotionally, um, cheating on her, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, going out of town for work and and uh, and having multiple phones and and multiple women in multiple places and just sounded like hell to me um and I, I 
was just trying to be a friend, um, listening and, and, um, you know, telling her that, you know, she didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. But, um, ultimately she ended up leaving him and, and when she left him, she was from a small town and she knew that if she left him and, uh, just stayed there, like they lived together in, in her family's house and stuff. So if she left him, he would, he'd just be back the next day. Right. Um, he would never go away as long as she didn't go away. So she did. She moved to Cincinnati, um, and that's where I was, and um, I was I was excited to be able to see her again, uh, particularly more often, and and um, that's what we did. You know, she she divorced him, and and we were hanging out, um, and it was just like. perfect for me I, I just couldn't imagine any other way uh, she was awesome we spent a lot of time together um, I was just elated uh, I, I was in love with her immediately uh, and, and I really knew that if we started dating we were going to get married I knew immediately that if we actually tried to date each other that um <clears throat> I wasn't going to be able to not marry her. Um, and that's that's what happened. So that was, uh, you know, end of the year 2010. We She moved to Cincinnati. We started dating in, like, November or something. And um, February 6th, 2011, we're talking about, like, three months after she moved, after we started dating, we were engaged. Like... I just had to marry her, and, um, so I did, um, we, you know, from February, we got engaged, um, and in, uh, July of 2011, so six months after we getting engaged, we got married, um, we didn't waste any time, I, um, I knew that I wanted to have her around me as much as possible for the rest of my life and uh, um, it's been awesome so that's kind of how we ended up getting together that happened in the end of 2010 married middle of 2011 and what happened after that um, is uh, in, in October of 2011 I go out of town I think we are in Fort Knox um, for the Army. And my company commander calls a company meeting. Um, no, really, he needs he just calls everybody in the company to a tent. We all stand in this tent, and he's talking to us. And um, he tells us that we are in line to get deployed. We've been what's called sourced. We our, na- our name was written down on some list of companies that needed to get ready to get deployed within the next year. And um, immediately everybody's like, it's this weird situation where you're like immediately freaking out with fear 
but also excitement because it's kind of what you signed up for. You got to go do your job, but at the same time, it's it's a big deal that you don't you know you don't take lightly. So um, yeah, we um, we're told we're getting deployed at the end of 2011. I just gotten married. I I didn't know what to expect in the near future. All I knew is that we were planning on getting deployed. So, um, after coming home and, and talking to Ashley about it and, and, you know, we discussed what, what was going to happen and when it was going to happen. Um, we decided that we, we just, we wanted to have a kid. We wanted to, to try to have a baby before I left. Um, so we got to work, but, uh, we, We ended up, I think she got pregnant by, I guess she probably got pregnant, like, right away. Um, I think she got pregnant in, in, in October. Yeah, she would have had to, October, November. Um, so we knew she was pregnant very, very quickly. Um, so now what's going on is, I'm living in Cincinnati. We have an apartment in Cincinnati. Um, and... I'm getting ready to get deployed. I don't know what is going to happen in the next year or so, but I know that I'm going to get deployed in about a year um, or within the next year. I am, uh, she's pregnant and she doesn't have a lot of family. She has family in Cincinnati, but not her really, really, you know, like her mom and her grandma and people that, you know, supported her the most and, and raised her and she wanted to be around if I was going to be deployed and she was going to have a baby, we're all in Kentucky. Um, so we, um, also some crazy stuff happened in Cincinnati. She was not comfortable in Cincinnati after some crazy stuff happened at her works and, um, just getting in her car at night and, uh, you know, into weird incidences of, um, very, very scary stuff that she didn't she didn't feel comfortable. We got our, our first apartment that we lived in after we got married, got robbed um, while we were out of town, came back to no TV, no, you know, my rifle was stolen, uh, PlayStation. It was just unsettling and uncomfortable. So um, along with all that, she was going to have a baby. And uh, so we decided at the very end of 2011 that we needed to move down to Kentucky um, so that she could be down there while I was deployed. And that's what we did. We moved down um, in, I want to say January. Yeah, so we were living in Cincinnati still. I went away to um, Ioka School in November of 2011. Um, so in, it was like the week before Thanksgiving, I started I had to go down to Fort Leonard Wood uh, the week of Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving. Um, so I was stuck there during Thanksgiving. And then we came back like the week before Christmas. It was like four weeks long. Um, so I get back from that late December, mid-December, um, and we immediately are, are packing up our house and, and getting ready to go down to Kentucky. Um, so... We end up moving in 
um, January, and I'm out of town again for the Army. So, Ioka was a special school that only three guys went to. Me and two other guys went to Ioka school to learn how to do a very specific job overseas. Um, in January, everybody in the company went to Fort Leonard Wood for schools. We learned all kinds of different stuff. Uh, I learned how to operate a, what's called an M160, um, uh, what was that thing called? M160, I can't remember what it's called, Mind Flail pretty much. It was kind of like a robotic, um, remote controlled bulldozer pretty much. Um, you put a bucket on it and, and, you know, scoop up dirt and move, new move dirt and all that. Um, but anyway, I was in that school for two weeks in January. And while I was at that school is when Ashley ended up actually moving down to Kentucky, um, with all of our stuff. So I came back from that school and went down to Kentucky. Um, and this was interesting because in, in, that means in early 2011, we now live in Kentucky. We live in Ashley's grandma's attic. Um, it was a temporary situation just because I was getting deployed. Um, we finished it. We cleaned it up. It was it was not a bad situation. Um, and, and I lived there for just a few months. Um, she lived there for about a year. But um, when we were living there, I went away for two weeks in January, came back to there, she moved by herself uh, with help from family, but I wasn't there to, to, to help, um, and then in, um, I can't remember, February, March, in March, um, I went away for two weeks again, I went to a school called Warrior Leader Course, where you learn um, how to be a sergeant how to lead warriors, uh, which really just means be a team leader. Um, so I went to that school in March of 2012. In um, May of 2012, we went to a three-week um, training in Fort Dix, New Jersey, and that was all preparation for deployment. So our whole company was there. We learned all kinds of different stuff, went through all kinds of classes, combatives and everything. Um, while I was there, my grandpa died. My grandpa, uh, my, my father's father, died while I was um, unexpectedly. He was, you know, relatively healthy. He had diabetes, but um, aside from that, he was nobody expected him to die he just uh didn't wake up one morning and um that was terrible i i will probably hit hit that again on another episode but um yeah that happened and, and so i wasn't home i wasn't allowed to go home for that because it was my grandpa not my dad or or you know immediate family member so i was stuck in uh, fort dix new jersey for that and um my wife, my whole family, obviously, had the, at the funeral. My wife 
went to the funeral and um, and read a a letter or a passage that I wrote, um, and that was very difficult for her, and I wasn't there uh, for that. Um, so that was in May of 2012. I came home, and we were home for. We were home for like this time. We were home for like three days. I think it was because we left. We left like May twelfth. My wife's birthday is May fourteenth. My grandpa died May fifteenth, and we didn't come home until the very very end of May. So yeah, like June first, we were gone for like three weeks. Um, so we come back and we come we get back home quote unquote home um at the beginning of June but we're not allowed to actually go home uh I'm not allowed to go home um cause we have to we only had six days before we actually left to go to um Fort Bliss in Texas to really buckle down and get ready to go overseas so We were in Fort Bliss for like a month, um, like six weeks, I think. But what happened was we, we came home from Fort Dix, New Jersey, and we only spent six days and three of those days we had to be at, at the drill hall again. Um, so we weren't allowed to go home for six days. We, we, we had to be at the drill hall three of those six. Um, so after those six days, on you know we we show up at the drill hall for the day to leave, and uh, we get on buses, say goodbye to our families, and head to Fort Bliss, Texas, for six weeks of training before getting deployed. So that was kind of what that year felt like for me, just home and back and gone and back and gone and back um, for different military trainings. Um, so what did I say? I said four weeks in November and December, two weeks in January, two weeks in March, three weeks in May, and then six weeks in June and July. That was my 2000, end of 2011 into 2012 up to deploying in 2012. July 2012 um so yeah it was busy it was chaotic I was very 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 lucky to have a civilian employer that supported me more than anything in the world um which I can probably talk about in another episode as well but he um the they paid me that entire time I moved to, I moved to, to Kentucky and I worked remotely from Kentucky the entire time I was there um and then not only did I work remotely but when I went to all these trainings for two weeks here three weeks there they paid me um while I was gone and that was a huge thing that's a it's a huge burden for the reserve for reservists and national guards uh members to deal with you know missing out on 
pay from their civilian employers while they're picked up and thrown around the country by the army. And my civilian employer was uh, was awesome enough to continue to pay me um, throughout all those events. Um, so I got paid from my civilian employer up until the day that we left for um, Fort Bliss in June, June 6th, I believe it was. Um, so that was awesome. That was very helpful. Um, what I did do, I did from Kentucky. Um, but I didn't feel like I was there very much considering all that training. So, um, also throughout all that time, my wife's getting very, very pregnant, right? Um, so she's going to doctor's appointments by herself. She's going to, um, you know, through all this first pregnancy she's ever had. And she's doing about half of it by herself because I'm all over the country training uh, to get ready to go overseas. So that was very stressful. That was very, um, you know, uncomfortable for her. And, and uh, you know, she was, what, in May, she was seven months pregnant um, at a funeral for my grandfather reading a passage that I wrote in front of everybody. Um, things like that were just very difficult for both of us. And um, I'll probably explore some of that stuff in a future episode, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. Um, and that's that's kind of what I was mentioning about the, the civilian personal life civilian employment and military coming to a head, right? That's, that's three, three portions of my life that I have to juggle constantly. And when it comes to a deployment and high paced training like that, it gets very, very difficult. Um, because you can't be there for your civilian employer. So you feel like you're cutting, selling them short and, and, um, you know, you feel like you're in danger of, of missing out on opportunities or, or losing respect um, from any of them. You can't be there for your personal life, for your wife and your child or your unborn child. Um, and, and, and you're stuck in austere environments, in stressful situations, um, with people that you don't know because we... We were we got a lot of guys from other units to go to deployment with us, and and so we were meeting them and getting to know them, and it was it was a very very stressful time. Um, so I I would be happy to dive into some of those things um, in the future, particularly you know I think some of the effects of missing out on a lot of those events. Um, have lasting effects on me and my, you know, personality, my emotions, um, things like that. You know, I don't know about PTSD, but I'll tell you that not being home for a lot of major events, um, can take a toll on you. So I will hit those later in another episode, but I hope, uh, you know, this is a little window into, what that process was like for me getting deployed, um, what my family was going through and what I was going through. And, uh, I hope somebody enjoys it. I just showed up to work, so 
I'm going to get off of here, and uh, I look forward to speaking to my Double Car Cast partner, guest, after work. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but I'll publish this real quick so that uh, anybody who wants to can listen to it before episode six. Thank you, and I uh, hope you all have a good day.